Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Anna DiGilio. She actually went from teaching seven-year-olds to being featured in Forbes magazine and building a seven-figure education company in just a few short years. You are absolutely going to love our conversation. Anna is a firecracker. She is so inspirational. You can absolutely feel her passion for education and also empowering women to bust through the fear so they can actually start seeing what's on the other side, which is where their dreams are and where all of the potential and possibilities lie. So please enjoy this episode. Anna, thank you so much for being a guest on Women Developing Brilliance. I am so looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. Yeah, awesome. So talk to me a little bit about how you got this um, passion and interest in the education field. Sure. Well, honestly, I wanted to be a teacher since I was five years old. I mean, literally, since I was five years old, I had wanted to be a teacher, never wanted to be anything else, and just really went through life, you know, knowing that that was my path. Went to college, became a teacher right out of college, became my, you know, a teacher. I was actually taught first grade, which was my first experience teaching. And, uh, and that was kind of where it went. Then I spent the next 23 years actually teaching second grade. So I was a second grade teacher for 23 years. Wow. Was it everything in those two plus decades that you had imagined from when you were a little girl? Yes. You know, in the beginning it was, you know, the first, I would say 10 years of teaching, it was, it was exactly what I thought it would be. And then education kind of took a little bit of a change, you know, when they started making, you know, the tests and the data and the common core and, and really that be the focus of education and the politics and all of that. That was kind of when it started to change a little bit for me. And because um, it kind of, they kind of took your creativity away as a teacher. So that was a little bit of a turning point for me, which was, which was difficult, but you know, we managed and, you know, I got through it. Um, but it just continues to get more and more and more and more difficult in the field of education with the mandates and the testing and the data. And, you know, they just, I want them to let teachers do what they do best, you know? And so that was, that was tough, you know, going from absolutely loving every moment of my life in the classroom to slowly, but surely they were kind of chipping away at that. So that was tough. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. At what point did you realize, you know what, like I'm not getting as juiced up as I was. Maybe it's time to look at pivoting. Interestingly enough, I wasn't looking at pivoting. Honestly, I believed that I was going to teach for 30 years because that's what you do. You know, you teach for 25 or 30 years and you get your pension and you retire and that's the end of it, you know? So my goal was never to pivot out of the classroom. I started my business just about eight years ago and it was really just as a way for me to pay some, you know, some bills. I live in New York. The cost of living is extremely high here. So, uh, you know, my, my husband's a firefighter. I was a teacher. He always had a second job. 
I always had a second job. So it was really just about, you know, paying a couple of bills, you know, maybe not having to worry about getting a Starbucks every morning, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, when I started my business, and I very quickly realized that it wasn't a business that I was starting when I first started it. It was more like, let me do this and see what happens kind of thing. And it very quickly rolled into a very profitable business. And, and I actually did my business full-time while teaching full-time and having two young twin boys up till three years ago. I only left the classroom three years ago. Wow, that is incredible. First of all, that's an amazing story. And I love these accidental entrepreneur like success stories, which it really sounds like yours is. How did you juggle it all? Because that's really an intense amount of um, uh, stuff on your plate. I mean, I know for people that have a side hustle and they're trying to really build something, that alone is difficult. Mompreneurs, they have a difficult thing. But like you had all three things going on at the same time. What was like maybe one or two of your best strategies that allowed you to keep all the balls in the air? You know, I'm not going to say it was easy all the time. You know, I'm definitely not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, it was all, you know, fairies and balloons. You know, there were definitely times it was hard, you know, to do both. But, you know, I would teach all day and then I'd come home and do dinner and homework and all the things that we have to do as moms. And um, and then when the, you know, the boys were getting ready for bed or, you know, doing their own thing, I would start, I would go into my office and I'd work for about three to four hours every night. And then on Saturday and Sunday mornings, I would usually wake up about between six and seven and I would work for three, four, five hours before the boys, I had to bring them to soccer and basketball and all those kinds of things. And that's kind of how I built it, you know, just one step and, you know, one step in front of the other and day by day. And, um, and that's how I did it. And, And once we got to a point where, you know, we were, I mean, by the second year, I was already making my teaching salary, you know? So I I was like, okay, this is great. Like, wow. You know, like this was really amazing that I was making another teaching salary, you know? And then once I, once I kind of changed my business model a little bit, and we moved into a subscription-based membership, that was when our revenue really uh, just, catapulted. And, you know, I was making four, five, six times my teaching salary at that point. And at that point, I was also helping thousands and thousands and thousands of teachers in my membership. So it started to get very difficult at that, at that point to manage everything, the mom, the full-time job, the, the, the full blown company, you know? Absolutely. Well, first, hats off to you. Congratulations. I think that's amazing. You know, you have to have such dedication and focus to be able to carve those um, work blocks out and stick to them. So I think that that's huge. So yeah, hats off to you for that. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious about the business model shift because it sounds as if it started in one arena and then progressed into more membership model. I know you're a fan. I saw your um, interview with Stu McLaren, who's like the leader of membership sites. So um, could you just share a little bit of behind the scenes of what that transition looked like for your business? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first started my business, as I said, I wasn't starting a business, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I was just posting my lesson plans online and my activities and other teachers were purchasing them from a site called Teachers Pay Teachers. It's kind of like Etsy for teachers or eBay for teachers. And I was like, wow, I've been making my own resources for years and years. Look, let me see what this is like. And that's kind of how it started. And once I realized, like I said, when I was two years into it and I was making my teaching salary, I was like, okay, I clearly have a business on my hands here. Maybe I need to start learning about business. <laughs> you yeah, know, I love it. <laughs> yeah, literally. That was when the, the learning kind of started. I dug into every business book you can imagine I have read. I've taken many, many, many online courses. I listen to podcasts every single day. Um, and, and when I entered Stu McLaren's world, which is where I learned about memberships and subscription sites. That was the game changer for me because I didn't like it. Oh, one month I would make this month and one month I would make this month and one month I would make this one month, you know, this amount every month. It was just very unpredictable. And I didn't like that. I wanted to feel like, oh, wow. Okay. We know for sure this is the revenue I'm going to bring in every month. And I know I can pay an extra mortgage payment, or maybe we could take this trip. I didn't think we could take, you know? And so when I learned that recurring revenue just creates more of that model of, really knowing exactly the type of revenue that you'll bring in every month. Yes, you'll have some churn and attrition that that happens with every subscription site, but it's basically, you know, what you're going to make every month, you know? And when I heard, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, I'm in. And that was when I learned about how to do, how to create a subscription site, how to, you know, build it, you know, how to really support my teachers in my world. That's amazing. I know I'm always, um, you know, just looking for success patterns. And, you know, when I started to see like memberships a couple of years ago, really getting on the rise and looking at Brian Johnson's Optimize, where he, I think we started at 10, maybe it's seven a month now, but he has over 10,000 members. So it's like, wow, okay, now this is interesting money, like 70 to 100K per month. And I know Carrie Green with the Female Entrepreneurial Association is also a Stu fan Mm -hmm. and somebody that has just rocked the model. So would you ever change your business model or are you a fan for life? Oh, no, 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 no. I am a fan for life. (laughs) You know, I created my... (laughs) I created my first membership in January of 2017, and then we just launched a brand new ed tech software for teachers in August of 2019, and that is also a membership and subscription program as well. That's just, it's called Guided Readers. It's just a reading program for teachers, school districts, and we also pivoted when COVID hit, and we're also serving the parent market as well. So now I have these two subscription memberships, Simply Skill teaching, which was my first one. I'm not currently selling it anymore, but we still have thousands of teachers in it because I I wanted to niche down a little bit and focus just on reading. And that's what I decided to do was to, to take what I know and what I was most passionate about and what I was best at in my teaching and my expertise, which was teaching reading. And that's when I decided to pivot to guided readers. And we created a brand new membership site that was completely custom built. And that's a subscription-based model as well. That's incredible. So I want to pause you there because I think this is such a valuable uh, tip for the listeners on the importance of um, niche 
and 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 niche or niche, you know, but really getting focused, you know, niching down and um, talk to me about some of the natural fears that may have come up. Maybe I'm assuming they have. That seems to be a natural thing for people when they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to leave money on the table. I don't want to not serve everyone. But I think that to, to your point and watching your success story, this is a crucial piece that I really want people to learn. So share some of your wisdom on your thoughts about niching. Oh, I have to tell you, I'm so glad you asked this question because I remember, you know, you would, I would read in every book and hear every guru say, you know, the riches are in the niches, niche down, niche down, niche down. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to help (laughs) all the teachers do all the things and do all the activities. And that's what I did for a very long time. And don't get me wrong. It helped me build my business. It helped me create the audience that I have. I'm not going to say it didn't, but yeah. Now that I've decided to completely niche down to reading, we have exploded. I I couldn't even imagine this. I just still am in, in shock on a daily basis of what we've created with guided readers. We are bringing on thousands and thousands of teachers and school districts every day. It's insane. Granted, we're in the middle of coronavirus, so that definitely has something to do with our growth, you know, Um, but it, I know once they, once they get in and they see what it's all about and how it's going to help their students achieve uh, reading success, I know it's just going to continue to grow and we're going to get word of mouth and all that kind of, you know, all that good stuff, you know, but I wish I knew then what I knew, what I know now about niching, I would have started right from the beginning, right from I the I was be- curious about that. I was wondering if you were going to say that being wider net, it was a way to establish your foundation in your tribe and base and then narrowing down was smart. But I think what I'm hearing you say is, man, I wish I narrowed down day one. Definitely. I wish I would have said, where do I want to focus my energy and, and then all of your energy goes into that one bucket, that one pot, that one area, you know, because you, I'm spreading myself out to all of these different areas. And honestly, when, when you're trying to focus on too many things, none of them get your focus, you know, and I'm absolutely I'm with that now, you know, I'm still dealing with that. Absolutely. And your audience isn't really clear on how you're going to help them solve their problem when you're trying to be a Jane or a Jack of all trades. It's like, I think that she does this, but maybe she does this and possibly she does that too. Like, you know, it's confusing. On that though, like when we are narrowing and say we have some listeners on board, like, okay, I've had this niggling feeling that I should narrow down, whittle it, focus it. um, And we get them on board. What are some tips to not get bored? right? Because if we're really just talking about the same or similar topic, what have you found that you can go deep, not wide, but also still have the creativity and passion that so many of us want to have? You know, and I, and I get that because as entrepreneurs, we tend to be, you know, like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. You know, the shiny new object syndrome we all have as entrepreneurs. And trust me, oh boy, do I have it. <laughs> I have <laughs> me it too. alive and well in me. Um, but I, I get it. They, they, they think that it's going to get boring. It's going to be, you know, just monotonous. And, and I can understand that, but like I'm doing that right now with with reading instruction and I'm but I'm bringing in all of these different other parts that can we we can expand on reading and I'm bringing in phonics instruction and we're bringing in other types of you know activities that I can bring in that will will 
help us make it even better for teachers, but not make me so bored. You know, like I'm always coming up with new ideas of how to make our membership the best it can be for teachers, right? So I'm always writing down like, oh, I can do this. Oh, we can add this. This is next. This is how we're going to make it even better. So I think just by adding on to your initial idea, we'll keep that kind of spark going in you and not make you feel bored. But I truly believe that really understanding where you should focus and creating that niche for yourself is is really what will explode you and will catapult you into into places you never thought possible, because that's exactly what happened to me. That's so exciting. I mean, we hear it time and time again. And I think when we're ready to actually embody it and put it into action in our own business, then it's like the light bulb goes off and it's like, man, I've heard this like 30 other times, but now is the right moment. And I think that in 2020, this has given us a huge opportunity to take note, take audit, you know, ditch the dogs, ditch the things that are draining us and actually be like, you know what, let's take a risk. Like, let's really like lean into all of these things that we've, you know, maybe had an interest in, but something was holding us back. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. I'm curious because you already sound like a, um, a trendsetter and you were ahead of the curve. It feels like this year was probably... I'm assuming that because of COVID and your educational and your ed tech software stuff that you probably had a really good year fiscally. And in that, I'm wondering, what do you predict predict for 2021 as we start to kind of get our sea legs again after the pandemic or through it? Um, what do you see in our space coming up in 2021? Oh, such a great question. I mean, yes, this year is has been a year like I, again, never thought possible. So it's, it's I'm so blessed and so honored Good that so you. many teachers, thank you, so many teachers, you know, put their trust in, in me and my team and our program, because it just, it just fills me with a level of joy you, you can't even imagine. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I believe that we're going to continue to grow because I believe that the more teachers we bring on and they see in the value of what we do, I think we're just going to continue to grow. Um, and, and I do think that with 
with where we are right now and, and in dealing with COVID and, and being online, I believe this is such a perfect opportunity for people that are thinking about taking their brick and mortar and bringing it more into the online space or taking that thought that they, that they, that they have that keeps nagging at them that maybe they should do this. I really believe this is the perfect time. We're, we're not, I mean, granted, Things are opening back up, but, you know, people are still staying home more. They're not traveling as much. You know, we're not doing the things that we typically do. We've got a little bit more time on our hands. I say that, I say that a little, you know, carefully because I know that there are parents (laughs) at home with young children and trying to do 974,000 things. But I believe that if, if they have this thought in their head or that nagging feeling of, I wanted to try this this is the time to do it. This is the time to get online because I really believe this situation and COVID is really going to change the landscape of every business. I really do now and going forward. I think people are going to think differently about business now. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I can feel and hear your passion in that. So thank you for sharing that. And the question that's coming up for me is as we're starting to see so many more people in the online space creating businesses for the first time or changing their business model and augmenting what they currently had, whether it was a brick or mortar or something else. And so, and getting interested in online course creation, membership site models and things of that nature. How would you recommend that people stand out from the crowd? How can they actually showcase themselves as individual and unique when there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing the same thing? Such a great question. And to be honest, I always had the same feelings about what I do as well. There are thousands and there are hundreds of thousands of teachers that do what I do right now. There really are. You might not think that there are, but there are. There's a site called Teachers Pay Teachers, which is basically a marketplace for teachers to to buy and sell teaching resources. There are over 100,000 teachers on there that are doing exactly what I do. You know, so I really believe, I, I am a firm believer in really having an abundance mindset and knowing that there is room for everybody on the playground because, you know, someone might look at me and be like, she's my girl. I want to learn from her. But other people may be like, I'm not loving her. It could be my accent, my New York accent, which is brutal. (laughs) (laughs) We're not everybody's cup of tea, right? You'll find your people. They will find you. They'll flock to you and they'll be with you and follow you for what you're giving them. And the way I would say how to do that is to really provide consistent content every week, no matter what it might be, whether it's a blog or a podcast like you do, or a video. Like I have been doing, um, I decided that video was probably my best. I liked video. And so I try to be as consistent as I, as I can on, on YouTube because I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this as if I am being consistent and I'm not every week. <laughs> But, you know, we're putting out content every week for our followers, but you've got to just find a platform that you like, that you feel comfortable with and just, you know, put yourself there, plant yourself there and start to reach out, build your following, build your audience, create a Facebook group. That's so, so, so important to create a Facebook group of people that you can invite into your world and serve them. That's how you create those raving fans. That's the way you do it. And I have multiple Facebook groups with that. One of them has over 25,000 teachers in it. Um, So you've got to, you know, you've got to create that audience, plant yourself, plant yourself someplace, 
offer your services, offer your advice, offer your co- teaching content. You've got to give to get. And I think when 100%. Yeah, you get that's beautiful advice. I I love that. And I'm thinking about your advice for niching. And I'm wondering if this applies to social media um, platforms and where we choose to show up. Are you a fan to go deep and not wide in that arena too? Like say, for example, you said YouTube is going to be like a place where you're showing up in your Facebook group and, and they have that, that video element to it. Mm-hmm. Now, are you also like doing Pinterest and doing Instagram and doing, you know, like, like that's the thing because it's like, I'm thinking with the shiny object syndrome and also the fear of missing out where it's just like, I need to be everywhere. And what if, you know, and this is stuff that goes through my head too. Like, oh, you know what? I should do YouTube for the SEO. I should do Instagram for the engagement. I should do the Facebook group for the intimacy, right? Like we have, and then all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, I am like, am I going, you know, way wider than I need to? So I'd love your, your thoughts on that. Are you more a fan going deep, not wide, and rocking the heck out of one social media channel? Or do you feel you should be a little bit everywhere? Okay. So I'm going to be super honest here. I am on all of the platforms. You know, I am on Instagram. I am on YouTube. I am on Facebook. I have a Twitter account. I don't tweet that often, but I do. So I don't want to say to you that I am only going deep on one channel because that that wouldn't be true. But I do believe it's better to be really consistent on one social media platform and that be your main, your, your main focus and have the others, you know, not put too much stress on yourself about being everywhere and being every, you know, being everything to everyone on all of those channels because you will burn out. There's only so much you can do, you know? So right now that my, my main focus are my Facebook groups and my YouTube channel. Those are my main focuses. I will go live on Instagram. I will, my, my assistant does post for me on my Instagram, but it's not something I focus that much on, to be honest sure. with you, um, because there's so many things as business owners we have to focus on, right? And you're being pulled in so many different directions. And I have a pretty large team now, and I still feel like I'm being pulled in, in, in different directions. So I do feel like Find the platform that you like the most, you know, find the platform you're most comfortable on and really capitalize and work on that platform. Offer your content there, bring people there, drive traffic there, because I believe that's the best way to to build your audience base is by having that one platform that really that you focus on. I really am a fan of that philosophy as well. And I'm just curious on a personal note, like, did you ever think that you would go from a second grade school teacher of decades to a seven figure entrepreneur with a, a, a team of multitudes? It was not even a thought in my head. <laughs> you know, again, <laughs> my husband's a firefighter. I was a teacher. You know, it was about, you know, going to work, doing what you love, and then retiring, getting your pension, and moving on with your life. That That's really the, really the goal when you think about it, right? That's our goal, right? Work, yeah. get a pension, retire. And so the thought, that was my that was my path. You know, I was going, I taught 23 years. Really, I could have retired an additional in two years. I could have done that. And to be honest, I took a pretty big hit in my pension by leaving two years earlier, but I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't run the company I was running and teach full time. It just, 
I couldn't do it. I just, the, the, uh, there was only a certain amount of energy I had and it was depleted. So finally that last year, when I decided to leave the classroom, it was such a difficult decision for me because teaching was, I mean, it runs deep, deep in my blood. You know, I, I miss teaching children so, so, so much. I mean, Uh I miss it every day. Uh, just, sitting around a table with seven-year-olds and, and teaching them something that they didn't know and seeing them get excited. It's, oh, it just fills me. I mean, it literally fills me with an amazing level of joy, but I really try to just bring that in into what I do now and say, I'm giving this to other teachers. I'm giving the ability, my abilities to other teachers to utilize in their classroom. So that's kind of how I combat, how I feel about leaving the classroom. Yeah. I mean, I have the chills and I think that, um, you know, your impact now has a much wider reach and it's just like, you know, that whole beauty and passion and love. And I could really feel your heart is very much in this. It has that positive ripple effect now on such a great scale. So it's absolutely incredible. I think this is just going to be so inspirational for people to follow their dreams and their passions, even though they, they maybe weren't even aware of them in the beginning, but it's just like, you know, destiny comes and it shows itself. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like you said, one foot in front of the other and what's my next right move. And then what's my next right move. And then how can I just continue to spread and really leave a legacy and have a huge impact. So that's just so beautiful. I'm, I'm really digging this conversation, Anna, how can people learn more about you? Sure, absolutely. So if you're interested in learning about our reading program, because we have it for teachers, schools, and parents, you can go to guidedreaders.com. And if you're interested in business coaching, I am offering that as well. I do that a few times a week. And you can go to graspyourgoals.com. That's where my business coaching is as well. Beautiful. I'll make sure to put both links in the show notes for sure. And if you were going to leave our listeners with some bright light wisdom, what would it be? Oh, I have a good one for you. (laughs) All right. Hey, I would say the most important thing I can share with your listeners is that fear is something that makes us freeze and makes us not take chances in our lives. And it's debilitating. And I can promise you the moment, the moment you step into fear, you step into that place of I'm going to try this, even though I'm fearful there are incredible things that lie on the other side of that fear. Truly incredible, incredible things that lie on the other side of it. So I would say step into it. You know, don't be afraid of the fear. The fear will make amazing things happen for you. Wow. I love that. And I can really like, I can visualize using that fear as fuel like having that truly come into you for the adrenaline and energy it's going to take to push you to the next level, bust through that self-imposed ceiling and reach more people than you ever thought imaginable. So Anna, thank you so very much. It's been an absolute delight. Keep shining brightly as you are, my friend. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was truly my honor and pleasure to be here with you today. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.